first ever podcast um, to celebrate the launch of our next latest collection of short stories, Still Worlds Turning. Um, thank you. Um, can you um, start us off by telling us a little bit about yourself and uh, how you came into this wonderful world of writing? Okay, well, um, a few years ago I worked full-time as a teacher, but um, 2015 I had one afternoon off work a week and I wanted to do something with that afternoon beyond just sitting mooching about. Watching you know, neighbours. Watching neighbours, home and away. Okay. Homes under the hammer, whatever. <laughs> um, even though I enjoy, all, I enjoy all that kind of thing. Um, but I wanted to do something else and I noticed that um, Sting and Fly in Dublin were running a six month fiction workshop. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought, Maybe maybe give that a go, but uh, I hadn't really. Uh, I've had. I tried to write whenever I was younger. I tried to write when I was in my twenties, and I've written a novel that was absolutely awful, um, and uh, hadn't really done much since. So I wrote a story to try and get in the course. Got a place on the course. Spent the six months um, working um, with the writer Sean O'Reilly, and then um, had a story published as a result of that, and then. As a result of that story being published, Declan Mead from Sting and Fly asked me if I'd be interested in the possibility of a collection with Sting and Fly. And how so did that make you feel at that time? Was it a case of enthusiastic joy and panic? Totally. Or, both yeah. of those things, yes. I mean, I could, I knew all the stuff about Declan um, that people said, like Anne Enright said, this is the guy who's never made a mistake. And I thought, oh, don't <laughs> let me be the first mistake, you know. Um, so... I suppose, you know, I, I remember getting the email from him and I was thrilled. And then I thought, oh, my goodness, you know. Had you um, any other stories at this point? Uh, nothing as such. Uh, 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 bits and pieces I'd worked on, but nothing really that would have been suitable for, for him to see. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was real, and it was all tentative at that stage. It wasn't like, oh, this is a total done deal, you know, collections yeah. in the bag or whatever. Um, so I kind of knew that the first, the, the next few that I was sending them would need to be, um, would need to be okay. Yeah. So, the, yeah, that was pretty nerve-wracking, sending them. First few off so too. what came about from this was Sweet Home. Your, Sweet Home, your first yeah, collection, that's right. Yeah, was published just right. at the end of last year. That's right. Yes. And uh, now to be published by Picador. That's right. Very yeah, shortly. Yeah, June. Yeah, June. That's happening. How does yes. that? Um, uh, that w- w- was that you know a, a direct result of Stinging Fly, or w- was this had had the, had the sort of the word gone out that this was going to be published and Picador came on board? Or? Um, I think that it was. Uh, yeah, I think that they had. Um, I think that they had heard it was going to be published, mm. and I think they had um, seen a version of it. Okay. And yeah, that's what that's what transpired. See, there's, yeah. there's good old Declan doesn't do anything wrong. No. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, that that brings us to to um, your story in in, in our collection. Um, that it has the amazing title of "Notes for the Attention of Those Working in the Xanadu Nightclub." The Hennessy Court Hotel, Belfast, 1983, found in the pocket of an old handbag when clearing a roof space in 2018. Yeah. It says it all, really, doesn't it? <laughs> um, this is a very fascinating story because it, it, it is, I suppose, in one sense, uh, a story that could only be of a place in turmoil or conflict, um, but it doesn't necessarily have to be Belfast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and actually, what, what, what the story I, I feel I, I think it is more a reflection of is the, ref, the f- reflection of, of, of women mm-hmm. in, in, in situations that are, are in a situation that is is, is very constricted 
mm. very repressive um, without in, in a very indirect way um, but is but is abominable on many levels um, was was that a theme that you'd, you'd wanted to look at or was it more of a novel or a short story about a place or was it about the character um, I think with me it's always about the it's always about the character mm-hmm. um, and it's in a sense I suppose the place comes uh, the place comes uh, second um, yeah I mean I suppose it's set it's set in a, in a nightclub in um, in Belfast in the um, in the 80s and in some ways this is it's a very very um, macho um, yeah. world and um, these are these are women that are that are placed within this very very um, macho world in, in a very misogynistic uh, and sexist fashion absolutely absolutely um, so that that's absolutely the the, the situation mm-hmm. here yeah um, but but what's interesting I think is is, is the fact that um, from from the narrative structure and the form we, we have a very I'm, I'm not going to read it out because we're going to mm-hmm. hear you reading mm-hmm. but it, it, there, there's each paragraph, each little section that is narrated from the viewpoint of our main character, yeah. um, is preceded by a, a very formalized piece of office speak. Yeah, yeah. And it, it it works wonderfully. Do you think so? Yeah. Well, thank you. I've been you know I've been speaking to a it was a plumber. I was having a conversation with a, a guy that was As fixing our yeah <laughs> he was he was fixing something to do with our um, hot water, and. Uh, he, he saw I had, a, I had a pile of pages about and um, he, he was asking me what I was doing I said oh I'm, I'm, I'm writing um, and I was asking him do you read much he goes oh no no the only thing I read is instructions um, I would only ever read instructions and uh, I kind of thought well that's maybe an idea for, for a story a set of instructions um, and so that was that was how I started off with this really thinking um, you know if someone had found a set of instructions to do with a, a job that they used to do, what would be their thoughts as yeah. they just looked through these uh, these instructions? And these instructions are quite pretentious in their own way. That this this man that's running this nightclub thinks he's something, you yeah. know, um, he prides himself in being the boss of this. Writing with a fountain pen. Writing with a fountain pen, and you know these sort of rhetorical flourishes he has are you know really pretty, pretty cringy at at, at times. Um, so yeah, and so I was interested in that. I was interested in the whole idea of of the women that are working in this environment, but I suppose as well also interested in the idea of friendship in the workplace and how within a workplace you can have very very different people who might under normal circumstances never get on, but mm-hmm. because they're actually doing a job or a task together, mm-hmm. they end up forming some kind of a bond, which is essentially um, friendship. Just I just find workplace is pretty interesting to um, write about and um, also um, kind of quite heterosexual friendships um, interesting too. Because of, of course fundamentally we're, we're forced to, to not not forced but in many situations, well some places we are probably forced we're, we, we have to spend time with people, more time with people that we may not very well get on with Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, than we do with those we, 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 we supposedly love and care for Yes, absolutely. And, and you add to that um, a sort of a, a troubled world where th- this place is actually f- for you know in, in a false sense but in a real sense too has become a refuge mm-hmm. primarily for men mm-hmm. of a certain type yeah um, and uh, the, the dynamic that we have here is is you know that like you say the formalized instruction narrative and the completely different counter 
on the part of our main character. Yeah, absolutely. And even there, there are sometimes women that come to this club as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I didn't want to give was any idea of any kind of grand sort of sisterhood. Mm-hmm. That the women that come to this club are just as judgmental of the women who work there as as the as the men are. But probably judgmental in a different in way. In a different way. Yeah. In a very yeah. different way. Yeah. Um, can I ask you to to read? For certainly, us now. certainly. We'd love that. Certainly. Notes for the attention of those working in Xanadu Nightclub, the Hennessy Court Hotel, Belfast, 1983. Found in the pocket of an old handbag from Clearing a Roof Space, 2018. The Xanadu, Belfast's premier nightclub, attracts guests wishing to relax in a congenial environment. It's therefore imperative that you recognise the high standards you must meet and which herewith are laid out in some detail for you. Device under his car one night when he came out. I was already in the taxi home and didn't hear about him being killed till the morning after. In the paper they said he was a barman. Wouldn't have liked that. Wouldn't have liked that at all. Picture they used was one from years ago. Handsome like, young, but he looked like he was standing on the bank of a river. Never really ever thought of him surrounded by water and grass. But yeah, imperative, here with. You can just hear him. You can just hear Frank. You are not employed by the Hennessy Court Hotel. All queries, therefore, should be directed to me at the Xanadu, F.J. Hanna. You will be required to arrive at least 20 minutes before your shift begins. Under no circumstances should you use the main entrance to the Hennessy Court. Please gain admittance at the rear of the hotel, green door, next to the kitchen exit. Sweet reek of bins, especially in the summer. Doors closed slowly on that service lift and I was always surprised when it actually started moving. Going to the top floor, are you? If they asked that, they'd clocked immediately. That you were one of the ooh-la-la girls. Shifts run from 10pm to 2.30am, Monday to Saturday. The Xanadu is closed on Sundays. These rotas, these hours may change depending on circumstances and it's imperative that you check the rota. That rota, typed up, cellowed to the wall of the changing room and signed at the bottom by Frank, scratchy fountain pen writing. As well as evening shifts, I came in some mornings because Frank said I had a flair for acne. Thanks for that one, Frank. If I wanted, I could come in the front door then, use the main lift. Main lift had red carpet halfway up its sides. You're provided with a changing room and toilet and it is incumbent on you to keep it tidy. I take no responsibility for any items left in the changing room. That changing room. Mirrors in a row, one cracked, one with Hollywood light bulbs, box of tissues, everybody's coats in a pile in the corner. Rhonda always hogging the Hollywood mirror. I'll be finished in a minute, I said. Did you not fucking hear me? I'll be finished in a minute. Empty crisp packets, mints, a couple of mugs, a calendar. Everybody's stripping off where they could find a spot. Be wondering the next day why my knickers were tight and I'd realise it was because they were somebody else's. Home shoes all in a row tired and scuffed. Remains of a cake there sometimes because Simone's ma worked in a bakery. Anna, known as Delphine, 
at apples peeled with a knife. I would watch her slowly circling the apple with the knife, then slicing off pieces one by one. Hey, why'd you eat it like that? I says. Never seen anybody put that much effort into an apple. But she just pared off another piece. She was English. Could have been an English way of eating an apple. Came over to be in a play at the Lyric Theatre, but when it ended she stayed on. Lou never flushed properly. Big sod of pink paper by the end of the night. A customer's lost bottle of youth dew sat on top of the cistern for a while, but the meaty fog of the bogs held its own against the youth dew. You're instructed not to reveal any of your own personal details to the patrons. You must only be known by your working name. One time, Leandra asked Frank where Xanadu actually was. I do believe it's in China, he said. Visited, so I've heard, by Marco Polo in the 13th century or so. It's in a poem as well. I thought it was in France, Leandra said. No, it's most certainly not in France, Frank said. Well, why in the name of Jesus do we need to wear all this French shit then, she asked. You wear that French shit because, my sweetheart, it is alluring and sexy. Unlike, I would imagine, the garb of a 13th century Chinese person. I doubt that would draw in the crowds. And those outfits, I have to say, were extortionate. So less of your cheek and your language. Thank you very much, Leandra. Jackie was Leandra. Tracy was Simone. I was Marie France. Lorna was Brigitte. Kay was Celine. Leanne was Antoinette. Rhonda was Alouette, but that just never stuck. She was always Rhonda. Anna was Delphine. Give me the Delphine. I need a squirt of the Delphine. Sounded like something you'd clean a sink with. There were the other few girls. Joanne Crichton, Claire McGrath, Monica Harper. Ghost girls. The fakes. Your uniform must be worn exactly as intended. It is your responsibility to keep it in pristine condition. You're expected to wear shoes of this specification. Black, court style, leather, patent leather permitted, stiletto heel at least three inches, preferably more. Tights must be black fishnet. Frank got the outfits from somewhere they'll close down. It certainly went new. The all-in-one suit had high-cut black satin pants, Playboy bunny style attached to a stripy strapless bodice so wired that it could stand up by itself when there was no one in it. The previous wearers must have been super constructed because only a handful of us ooh-la-la girls could manage to fill it out. Balled up toilet roll padded out the boob area if you could stand the scratchiness. Socks were better. The outfit wasn't comfortable because the pants were cut so your arse was always hanging out of them. The gusset was that narrow you couldn't wear knickers. Tights and black satin with no knickers wasn't, you know, uh, hygienic, but the outfits weren't ever dry cleaned and there wasn't any way you'd put them in the washing machine. I just rubbed at the stains with a damp cloth and let the thing dry in front of a heater. The beret always had to be angled over to the right. You'd still rank everyone's legs for you. Simone might have been a dancer, but her legs were too thick with muscle. Rhonda's were pretty good, although kind of bandy, but... Wheelie-owners were the most like the picture on a box of tights. Anna's legs were really long because she was nearly six foot, but they were too skinny. And me, me in the heels, I never walked that well. Mind the pigs that go up on their hind legs when they take over that far? Always felt like that, kind of. 
It's expected that you will maintain a high standard of personal grooming. Extremely short hairstyles and anything of the punk variety should be avoided. Makeup should be skillfully applied. No dark lipstick, no glitter. Recommended is Helena Rubenstein Cosmetics, available in Anderson and Macaulay's, at a reduced price for employees of the Xanadu. Ask for Margaret. Nails should be manicured, minimum jewellery. Please remove wedding engagement rings. I went in to see Margaret one time, tested foundations on my hand. You might need something heavier, she said. What way do you mean? Well, that one you're looking at there, it's got very little coverage. It's for people with a naturally very fresh complexion. Cheeky bitch, but they were all like that in those places. I'm a friend of Frank, I said. He said I could get something off. You know, Frank from the Xanadu. Your duties involve the following. Serving drinks, on some occasions serving food. Food preparation not required. Food will be ordered from the hotel kitchen. Collecting glasses, hosting our guests, ensuring that there is a welcoming atmosphere. Further explication of duties is provided below. Nothing better than illicit food, the steal of a chip or a chicken drumstick. I would always snaffle something if I had to bring in the food from the lift. Never that appetising through Monday to Thursday, because the chef on those nights never fried anything for long enough, and who wants to peel a chicken wing? Who does? I could be trusted, though. My other duties, my extra duties, included working through the invoices, the till receipts, the records of how many people had come through the doors on which nights. I took the money to the bank. I never mentioned to the others the extras that I did. I liked Frank's office, the strip light, and the chip table, the smell of the money when we counted it and put it in the safe. In the daylight, the big blooms of the carpet of the club were patchy. At all times, guests should be treated with courtesy. It's imperative that you are highly discreet in your dealings with guests, many of whom may be involved in activities deemed sensitive. You should not inquire about patrons' occupations or home lives, and any details which may be inadvertently divulged to you should be kept confidential. One of the top guys from the Castlereagh Holding Centre, he was in every week, but I only ever asked him about his dogs, the two golden retrievers. Some men were keen to tell all. The fellow who ran a shirt factory and the number of people he employed and where he exported the shirts to. The building contractor, the story of his firm from his great-grandfather to the present day. And there was mouths crowded teeth climbing over each other, mean little incisors, the metal curve between a cap and a receding gum, the regularity of false teeth, and eyes, tired and worried, lost, sometimes kind. I nodded my head a lot, said, I see, a lot. Didn't laugh much. Somebody like Celine never stopped laughing. Some men didn't really want women about, and they were only there because of the late licence. Would have been happier in a plain formica bar, a serious drinking bar. There were the guys that were indeed very interested in women. That slide up the hand of the inside of your thigh as you put down the tray on the table. The whisper in your ear. I'm just imagining what I'd like to do to you, sweetheart. The foreign correspondents liked to stick together around the bar. There were sometimes a few actors in from whatever theatre show was on in the town. I got the two groups mixed up sometimes. 
The correspondents always let you know what paper they were working for, and they were usually at pains to say what a shithole they found Belfast. But then they had been to other shitholes too. Beirut, Saigon, Biafra. But for shitholes, they seemed to spend a lot of time reminiscing about them. This city, one of them said, the whole place stinks of chip fat. I didn't mind the Dutch guys when they came in, the ones who ran places like Enkelon. They were really well-mannered. For a while, a crowd of hairdressers came in every Sunday night. They always wanted ice buckets. Women came too. Some wives, some girlfriends. They looked at her legs, her tits, her hips, finding relief in imperfections. A too big nose or thick ankles. The pitiless gaze of other women. Sisterhood shit is very overrated. The Xanadu was owned by Mr Mahood. He came in every week on one of the quiet nights, usually with a big fella in tow. He talked to Frank in the office or had a drink at the bar. He would wipe along a table and then look at his fingertip. There was one morning he came when we were in the office because he wanted to put something in the safe. Mr Mahood, as he always had to be called, as to I was. She's just offering some assistance, Frank said. Mr Mahood didn't even look anywhere near me when he said, you'll be keeping that fat mouth of yours shut or you'll know about it. There will usually be at least eight girls working. Two will be solely in the bar area and will be required to restock and replenish bar inventory and supplies. They will ensure that all cash, charge, float and till procedures are carried out accordingly. A further two girls will serve food if it is ordered and clear tables. And a further four girls will circulate the room, joining our patrons for conversation at the tables. Girls are permitted to dance. Behind the bar was my favourite spot, preferably with Leandra, because she was always prepared to do half the work. Everybody that was there wasn't all that, according to Leandra. Your woman over there, well, she wasn't all that. The guy in the suit wasn't all that. That politician in the corner wasn't all that. They could order the most expensive whiskey in the place, but they were making themselves look like fools because the drink wasn't all that. Didn't like working with Anna at all. If someone had a complicated drinks order, meaning an order of more than four drinks, she would widen her eyes and look at me as if to say, how can you possibly expect me to deal with this? And so I would have to do it, or Rhonda, or Leandra, if it happened to be them. There were always crisps and nuts behind the bar. Nobody really noticed if you ate them. We were full every night. Even on slow nights, the takings at the door never dropped. Our receipts showed that we were always at capacity. How many people there knew the Xanadu was laundering Mahood's money, I don't know. Maybe they all did. If patrons' behaviour becomes overly spirited, please seek assistance. Guy in the door was Gary McGoldrick and some of the others said he was a Kung Fu master. The Leeds top he always wore under his white shirt made it a yellow gold. On their way in, he was invisible to people, the man in a black suit standing in the shadow, but they would know about it if they started something because he could move fast. We guys, we bantam cocks were always a problem, puffing out their chests, flashing their money around. Please be discreet if you encounter patrons outside the environs of the Xanadu. Frank, do you think we actually wanted to sell a load of the punters? How's it going, pal? Tell me about your day so far. There was no one I wanted to see. 
You'd sometimes turn on the telly and see someone being interviewed, sober shirt and tie, grim face, and you'd think briefly about the sixth, seventh whiskey, the stupid game with the beer mats, the tie undone. I was unrecognisable in the street anyway. I went up and down my road with no makeup, my hair in a ponytail, worked some mornings in a fruit and veg shop where I needed to be muffled up because there was an open storefront. Most of the girls would barely have said hello to each other. I saw Leandra in a neat little pencil skirt one time, went into the cafe opposite where I worked. I thought I could see someone rise to kiss her. I knew that if I'd gone in, she would have looked at the sugar, looked at the salt and pepper, lifted the menu to her face. Where it was, wouldn't have taken offence. Funny walking along beside Frank outside the Xanadu, although that would happen sometimes if we went to the bank. In the daylight he seemed smaller, and his hair was suspiciously jet. One time we were passing Marshall's, and I said, You time for a cup of tea? He looked at Marshall's as though it had just been teleported there from outer space. I'm here, he said. Marshall's was quite empty, but I still leaned across the table. You need to be careful, I said. I know what you're doing. But what, pray, would that be? You know what? No, I don't. He took a sip of his tea, put in a spoonful of sugar. These non-existent girls whose wages you're taking, you know what I'm talking about. Joanne Crichton and co. Frank laughed. Mahood finds out you're dead, I said. He stirred the tea, reached in his inside pocket for his fags. Very touching that you should be concerned. Don't think you need worry, though. This place, he said, looking round Marshall's, is what I would call modest in its charms. What you're doing, stupid, I said. And so spoke the genius from the fruit and vegetable shop. He smiled and lit a cigarette. Don't worry. It is absolutely forbidden for employees to visit the hotel rooms of guests or to arrange assignations with guests. Such activity will result in instant dismissal. It is also forbidden that employees receive gifts of any kind from guests. Tips, however, should be handed to myself and I will take responsibility for dividing these between all workers. Of course it happened, parties back in the rooms, drinking the minibar dry. There were nights when Belfast was the most exciting place on earth, a rip blasted adrenaline high. Or people might head to another hotel, the Europa maybe. Brigitte had a weekend in London with some fella that she never ever saw again. It wasn't that nice men didn't come to the Xanadu, they did, some were alright, but nice men on the whole um, did not want to meet a future partner there. Anna's lanky looks at a minority appeal among the Xanadu clientele, but there was a certain type of person, a not nice fella, who could smell the need for attention. She did everything as though there was somebody watching her. And there was, but it was only me. And I wanted to say, you're not on the stage now, love, and nobody cares about those big smudged eyes. Went back to a house on the Lisburn Road with a man who came into the Xanadu, and then his two mates turned up. Told me this as she dabbed concealer on a tear at the side of her mouth. She was in her tights for only a few seconds before the costume went on, but I saw the green and purple bruise on her left breast, the crescents of teeth and the bite mark. It appalled me really because her breasts were so tiny that it was nothing really even to take a bite of. What the hell happened? I asked. I spoke to Rhonda about it. You must know people. People that can, you know. You know what I'm on about. You're connected. Rhonda was putting on her mascara, eyes and mouth wide open. I mean, even just to have a word. Rhonda turned round to face me. Hardner, 
She won't do that again in a hurry. Well, I said, that's very harsh, Rhonda. She shrugged. Take what you like, I don't care. She's not even from here anyway. I tried Frank. It's completely forbidden for you girls to arrange assignations with guests, he said. It's meant to result in instant dismissal. But sure isn't everyone here breaking the rules, I said, one way or another. Drinking anything beyond soft drinks while working is not permitted. Please encourage patrons to buy the house champagne. Well, of course, people sneaked drinks because it was easy. Although nobody liked that house champagne that tasted of pish. It came in boxes for brake discs and other car parts. But the label on the bottles was fancy, gold foil and curly writing. Frank himself never drank. When he ordered drinks for everyone, he always made sure that he poured himself a glass of cold tea, Amber's whiskey. I saw him doing it. He looked at me. What? Nothing. What? Nothing, I said. I need to have my wits about me, Frank began, as do you. So lay off whatever it is you're drinking there and do not help yourself to another packet of nuts or it is going to be curtains for you, my friend. You can hardly get that zip up as it is. Payment will be made to you on a Friday and that payment will be in cash. In the unlikely event that payment has not been calculated correctly, please put your contention in writing and it will be dealt with at my earliest convenience. Please do not ask for wages in advance. Little brown envelopes, bluey with Frank's smoky spit. If people weren't in on Friday, they were able to pick it up on the Saturday. We were meant to get the division of the tips on the Friday as well, although we always had to remind Frank about that. He put the tips in an old marmalade jar, but there was never as much as we thought there would be. A fellow came in one evening. He took a spot at the bar, but he didn't talk to anyone. Not the other two scropes who were laughing about something that had happened to a mutual friend of theirs on holiday. He ordered a vodka tonic, sipped it in an unhurried way. I tried to make conversation a couple of times, but he wasn't interested. Frank was at the table with the business crowd. Every so often there was a peal of laughter and people leaned back in their seats. They'd ordered food and I watched Leandra and Brigitte manoeuvre the trolley out of the lift. Gary McGoldrick came in from the door. He didn't say anything but he nodded in the direction of the man at the bar. I shrugged. What's a problem? Fella seemed no trouble. There was only me behind the bar. Simone had phoned in sick. I asked the man if he wanted another drink. Sure, he said. He took his money out of a leather wallet with long, pale fingers. What's your name, love? Mary France, I said. He sighed slowly and turned in his chair to briefly look round the club. I mean, your real name. He said, it's Mary France, I said. Okay, Mary France, he said. You're not Joanne Crichton then? I said that I didn't know everybody's names. No? What about Claire McGrath? Not sure, I said. Claire McGrath around tonight, he asked. I don't know, I said. You don't seem to know too much, love, do you? Don't seem to know too much at all. I wondered how much it would have cost me to say, that's me, I'm Claire McGrath, my daddy's McGrath and my mummy's McGrath and I'm Claire McGrath. Well, all right, love, that's me leaving anyway, he said. He hadn't finished his drink. There will usually be two taxis to serve those requiring a lift home. 
The taxi fare is the responsibility of those who are travelling. I was usually the last to get out of the car on the journeys home and I had to pass to the driver the handful of coins that everyone had given me. Why not just pay me in bottle tops, huh, sweetheart? Streets would always be deserted at that time of night. Everyone wore a long coat because no one could be bothered taking off their outfit at the end of the shift. You la la, disguise coat. I said to Frank about the man. No need to worry, because those girls have disappeared for good, he said. Please ensure that your language is at all times ladylike. Me and her seen news in town. Her and me seen news in town. She and me seen newsins in the town. What's the thing we're not meant to say again? Simone asked. Use. I'll stop saying use when some of them English fellas start saying er. Tinker, drinker, not tinker, drinker. They not see the er or what? Well, Frank said, the difference is that while you are here because you are paid to be here, they are here because they are paying. Therefore, the gentlemen in question are entitled to speak howsoever they wish, because you know, the customer is king. I think what you mean, Frank, Simone said, is customer. There should be absolutely no smoking by employees. It is not in keeping with the image of our hostesses and that of the club. The only people who didn't smoke were Anna and the girl who used to be the dancer. The ashtrays on the tables were made of onyx and like rocks. Frank always used to say, the onyx ashtrays, never just the ashtrays. He really thought they were something. They were too heavy to be washed properly, so they just got wiped out. If you decide to terminate your employment at the Xanadu Club, at least two weeks' notice is required. You will be required to return your uniform in the condition in which you received it. All repairs will be deducted from final wages. Any further questions you may have about your employment in the Xanadu, please do not hesitate to ask myself and I shall try to furnish you with the detail you require. F.J. Hannah I was the only one who went to the funeral mass, although I only stood outside. It took me two buses to get to where Frank was from. Two buses and a walk. It was raining on and off the whole time. After, the people who went away to the burial headed to a little bar with a wagon wheel on either side of the door. I recognised Margaret in there. Margaret from Helena Rubenstein. You won't remember me, I said. You sold me a foundation once. You were a friend of Frank's? Well, I worked with him, I said. Mahood brought in someone else, a guy who had run a bar in London. This fella appointed Rhonda to be a floor manager and she didn't need to wear the costume anymore. She was wearing a tight black suit and white courts when she told me that I was late. People need to arrive on time, she said. Seriously, Rhonda, is that the case? Mahood was in with a couple of friends, Rhonda slinking around them, clicking her fingers for drinks and food. Mahood had split with his wife and was living in the top suite in the hotel. Let's face it, Rhonda said later, on when we were both happened to be in the changing room. It's not the same for you without Frank, is it? You two were thick as thieves, really, weren't you? No, I said. I wouldn't say that at all. New girl starting next week, Rhonda said, 
We're junking all the outfits, getting something classy. Everybody looks like shit in the outfits anyway. It's going to be an American theme from next month. Gatsby's. Total refurb. A new girl starting. I didn't want to stay. I was a new la la girl. I was Xanadu. Thank you.